0: celebrating the connection with our pets this is animal radio featuring veterinarian dr debbie white groomer joey villani news director Lori brooks and now from the red barn studios here are your hosts hal abrams and judy francis
1: and welcome this is the show where we celebrate the connection with your pets and you can call us, ask your questions, Joey Volani, our groomer, or Dr. Debbie, our veterinarian, toll-free 405 8405 Don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free animal radio app for iPhone, Android, and Blackberry. So download that puppy right now. On today's show, this is exciting, for me at least. I was a rocker. Lori knows I was a rocker. We've known each other, what, 30 years now? More than 30 Italy. years, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and when we first met, I had the longest hair. I, I've been a rocker. I love the classic. You're still a rocker. I still am a rocker yeah. a little bit. One of the groups that I grew up to was Bad Company and uh-huh. Free.
2: Love them. Oh, yeah. Love them. Very familiar with them.
1: And Paul Rogers, the lead singer, he is now hanging out with animals. Other than two-legged animals and not the group, the animals, he's hanging out with wild animals at a sanctuary. Cool. I understand his wife is a rescuer. She rescues a lot of animals. So they're going to both be on the show today before it finishes. So stick around for that. Uh, we'll go to the phones for your calls in just a second. Lori, what are you working on for this hour?
3: Well, I was going to say, if you're a rescuer and you're in a family, it's hard to do it alone. It becomes a, a family story. <laughs> it <so>. sure does. <laughs> I'm working on a story. There's this same-sex animal couple out there in the world that is getting ready to expand their family and as you can imagine is captured a lot of attention so i'll tell you a little bit more about them
4: hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i got to say i get many questions about this Some people say oh it's it's plain dog a homosexual and
1: <laughs> and what do you what do you say because you know dogs will hump other dogs it's a dominance dominance thing it has nothing to exactly. do with sex exactly
4: so you know i think it definitely it muddies the waters because we know dogs do that just out of dominance but you know there's a whole spectrum of sexual behavior across all animal life so you know maybe we don't know as much as we think we do
1: so i cannot wait till lori's story at the bottom of the hour but first in between then and now is you 1-866-405-8405 hi paula how are you good how are you very good where are you calling from today
5: i am calling from buffalo new york buffalo
1: new york okay how can we help you i have the whole team here for you
5: so I have a one-and-a-half-year-old puppy, He is a, and he's been having some issues with allergies. He's had uh, multiple skin infections, eye infections, ear infections, the whole shebang. So uh, we have gone to a hydrolyzed diet. We have done hydroxazine. We have done Benadryl. We have done Zyrtec. We have done pretty much everything and my vet now wants to try Apoquil. Mm -hmm. And I'm a little apprehensive about it because it's an immunosuppressive. Mm -hmm. So I was wondering what your thoughts are on the drug.
4: Okay. Well, my first thoughts are, any anytime that I hear of a young Labrador that is having skin problems, itching, scratching, ear infections, and rashes, um, yeah, I do put, put my clinical radar towards allergies. But first, I do mm-hmm. want to make sure we do a very thorough flea treatment for regimen, as well as even checking and treating for other things that can be going on at the same time. So making he sure we are treating. Her.
5: He's on religious uh, flea medication every month.
4: Good good. And then I'm assuming as a veterinarian, you know, your veterinarian is probably also treated for the bacterial infection, yeast infections, checking yeah. for mites, because all of those things can make our assessment of how well we respond to allergy therapy kind of muddy, if you will. So I right. always treat for skin um, mites, the microscopic Microscopic form, even if I don't see them on my test, because we have to get that off the list. So that's specifically demodex and scabies mites. So uh, make sure that your veterinarian has treated for that. It's pretty simple, easy with either topicals or oral forms of medicine.
5: Is there? Um, Can you also use like a shampoo to treat that? Because we have done that
6: as well.
4: So talking about that topical therapy and using the shampoo, which can be a relief for the itching and the scratch, not unlike if you've got chickenpox and you soak in a a vino bath. But some of the other things you mentioned, you know, diet. Yes, I like the idea of the hydrolyzed diet. And just while you're doing that, making sure that we're not using any other treats, rawhides, flavored supplements, or any types of medications that may be in a flavored uh, form. Otherwise, that'll kind of thwart our efforts there. So right. then, we, then we get to things like Apoquel and even the other medicine, Cytopoint, which is in an injection form. Um, mm-hmm. For a, a pet that's having a lot of itching, I do feel that these drugs have a great benefit and they can be life-changing. I've seen some young labs go from irritable, itchy, unhappy dogs to just a completely happy, contented uh, companion. So they do have their place. Now you answer, ask about the long-term use of Apoquel, and some Correct. of that is I don't think we really know um, because it is technically something that affects their immune system. Yeah, we do have to do monitoring of blood and urine, and -hmm. we do that once to twice a year. So for pets that I have on it long-term, I do that. And I could tell you, I've been using this for, gosh, probably three to four years exclusively on some pets and long-term control for allergies and we've had a few bouts of uh, papilloma which are a viral induced kind of skin uh, growth Um, but I can't say we've seen anything really horrible Um, but still, it's still something to be seen I think for some of the long-term effects Um, but it really can be life-changing so I I definitely encourage that and just for those that don't know, Apoquel and the other medicine I mentioned Cytopoint, they're drugs that help to kind of stop some of the pathway of the itch cycle in dogs. So they work in different mechanisms, but Apoquil basically helps to kind of shut down part of the enzyme pathway involved with itch. And it doesn't help every dog, but it can help a vast majority of dogs that I see with um, allergies. Um, And then the other kind of thing, the short-term one, is the injection that lasts for about four weeks, up to eight weeks. And that might be even a short-term bridging thing that we can look at doing. Well, I before guess the,
5: oh, I did speak with you, I did start him on it, and he's been on the loading dose for like two weeks, and he is considerably oh, okay. better.
4: <laughs> Yay! Okay, awesome. Good. Oh, so I good. did.
5: I just I was like, you know what? Because uh, he's on antibiotics, he did have an ear swab. He has definitely a yeast ear infection, and I'm just like, I can't torture. I feel like he's being tortured. So I was like, yeah. you know what? We're just going to give it a go.
4: Yeah, so I and did. I see the the two the two big things that I'd encourage you cuz he is so young is definitely find a diet that works for him because food allergy is a very common cause of allergy symptoms in a young yeah. dog i've seen it as puppies six months and older where they start to have allergy symptoms. So food is definitely one thing to look at. The other is, might also give you time to look at the resources to get him allergy tested. Um, and there's the different ways to do that, either the blood allergy testing um, or seeing a dermatologist for the skin patch testing. But skin patch testing is by far the best way to okay. diagnose that. And that might be a good kind of long-term step is see what he is allergic to and are there things you can avoid. But if not, then maybe get him on allergen therapy and that can help damage. In his response to those allergens when he um, encounters them in the future. So, uh, you've got got a lot of. Yeah, and there's a lot of opportunities. I am so happy. In current years, um, we have so much more to offer pets with allergy symptoms than just antihistamines. And I, I hate when that's people, you know, that's all they've used for their dogs because there's so many good things out there now that have been proven, have good safety profiles, and, and can really do a lot for our animals. So Well,
5: I am an old oncology nurse, and I oh. know what some of these immunosuppressives do to people. So I was just concerned about my pups. Like I don't want, you know, his bone marrow to be depressed for too long and stuff like that because I don't want him to have other issues further down the road because you know, it is relatively new. So that was why I was Mm -hmm. like, "Well, call Dr. Debbie and see what her thoughts are." Oh, (laughs) just kind of very good. Second opinion, just to see.
4: Absolutely, that's what I'm here for, Paul. And best wishes with your little uh, Labrador there. Thank you so much for your help.
1: Take care toll-free 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to the dream team and don't forget you can also ask your questions from the free animal radio app for iphone and android
7: hey genie hey how are you
1: good welcome to the show where are you calling from
7: i'm calling from roanoke virginia
1: that's a beautiful place spent a little time there i got the doctor here dr debbie what's going on
7: hi hi i am owned by a cat. Is, oh, at old. least you
4: can admit it. That's wonderful. <laughs>
7: <laughs> he has me very well trained. I walk on my end of the leash. It works really well for us. Um, he drools more than the Basset Hounds I've owned in my life. Oh, and in I what don't situations? Know if this is a normal thing, because it seems to be getting that he drools more than he used to, and okay. it's just really weird.
4: <laughs> so, what context? When is he doing this drooling behavior? When he's
7: happy, when he's being petted and purring and it just sits and drips off of him and then he slobbers it all over the place just like a DOG does.
4: Oh, yes, yes. So (laughs) if this behavior is happening when he's in a content emotional state, we kind of call these guys happy droolers. And um, in most cases, it's a completely normal response. It's just a parasympathetic response that they have when they're in a happy place. Um, Okay. to stop it? I don't know. He's a happy guy. This is his way of telling you. That I guess the challenge I would have it would be that, you know, if you wake up and you've got a big spittle of drool about to fall on your face, it would remind me of me and my yeah. brother when we were kids and you try to spit on each other. You know, yeah. you. Yeah, so. but, you know, the other <laughs> things, the other concerns that I have when we have a really drooly kitty, because it's not as common, like you say, you know, we're not a basset hound, an English bulldog, cats, so some other Concerns we have with excessive drooling are nausea, Uh, dental disease and, like, respiratory infections, things like that. But one of the dental concerns that in many cases that I'll look at, um, and if you haven't had his teeth looked at recently, I would encourage it, because we can see a problem called root lesions, uh, which are basically the closest thing would be, like, cavities in humans, where cats can get these holes in the enamel of their teeth, and that can cause some pain and uh, other issues going on. So that could potentially uh, lead to more drooling than we might uh, tend to see, or, you know, other causes of tummy upset. Okay. Um, but, you know, I'd say if if we tend to do this only in those situations when he's happy, uh, you, you just got a drooler on your, uh, <laughs> your hands, and you're going to need yeah, a bib. I just continue
7: to tell him I love him drooly, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, Jenny, thank you so much for your call today. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. 405 8405 I'm a happy drooler. Yes, you are. Uh, yeah. Don't you know this healthy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats? It is always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. You can learn more over at redbarninc.com and thank you, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio.
2: Do you travel with your dog? Of course. My pets are part of our family. Me too. I take Daisy with me everywhere. Right, Daisy? So how do you find out what hotels welcome your dog? I read Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Sounds perfect for planning our next vacation. Right, Daisy? It is. Their motto is, leave no dog behind. And they have great hotel and destination reviews. Where can I find the magazine? Go online to FidoFriendly.com. I will for sure. Come on, Daisy. We're off to find our next adventure.
8: Hi, I'm Charlotte (laughs) Ross on Animal Radio. Please remember to spay and neuter your pets.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405.
1: Judy has brought in candy today. It's leftover. Is it leftover? Did you really collect all that candy going trick-or-treating?
2: <laughs> yeah, I put on my costume. You know, no nobody knew me. They couldn't see my face. So I was a big kid.
1: <laughs> oh, and I thought that was just leftover candy that you couldn't give out. But No,
4: this is my stash. I always and I always give out like double and triple the amount near the end of trick-or-treating. Yes. So I over, always get too much. <laughs>
1: that's uh and people wait for your house till you know they the they know it's near the end they so can yeah, get
4: we, we go by Dr. Debbie's house
3: about 11 o'clock at night.
4: <laughs> Did I ever tell you the story of the time that I um, wasn't home for trick-or-treaters, but oh. I had tons of candy and I put the bowl out? The honor system. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And so we set up a video camera just so I could watch and enjoy you know, the kids and seeing all their joy. Uh-huh. Um, and then like, one of the first few kids like took all of the candy and then left the empty bowl. And then I had to look at the tragic eyes of those sad kids afterwards. I got no candy. Um, I was so mad. You so i the- never do that again.
1: The honor system really doesn't work, work with uh, trick or k- treat candy, huh?
4: <laughs> not at all. So yeah, keep it for yourself, guys.
6: Okay, there you <laughs> did go. Did you
4: recognize the kid who took it all? I did not. No, no.
2: Uh, Post a picture. <laughs> do, you, do you know yeah. this kid? I want my candy back.
1: Yeah. Oh, so I see that uh, Paul Rogers is supposed to be on the show next hour, yes. and uh, of course from um, Bad Company, uh huh, and Free and uh what other bands the firm he's he's really has a pretty long and he's still singing still doing his music he has a brand new song out is that correct Yeah, i
2: think it's called free spirit
1: okay and he is hanging out with wild animals and that's why we're talking to him today he'll be coming up uh, next hour right here on animal radio Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom
3: Uh, i found for you a, a new study that investigates if dogs understand those words that are associated with objects you know, we we teach them commands based on these words, you know, ball, bone, things like that. Yeah. So we'll find out what the experts found out.
2: Ladybug knows words. If I tell her to go get something, she'll walk by everything and look for it until she finds what I've asked her to get.
3: Unless
1: it's the new lamb chop doll. Which she has no, she, she just she, looks at you and is like, you're going to give me lamb chops?
2: She, yeah, she hasn't learned that one. But she knows her other toys and she knows the bone and the ball. If I tell her to go, where's your bone? She'll go to her bed and dig it out. If I, where's your ball? She'll go by her stuffed animals and look for the ball.
1: Yeah. She
3: knows. I've, I've pet sat dogs that I had to spell words for. Yeah. You know, because they knew the words.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we do that with uh, Ladybug. We spell W-A-L-K, except now yeah, she knows. Now she knows, what that, so we just say so, W.
4: Yeah. And sometimes just woo. Yeah. Or we just (laughs) look at at each other. (laughs) Hand signals will be next, guys, you know, when she figures all that out.
2: Well, you know, I did when she was young. I taught her a hand signal for go for a walk. Oh, yeah? And it still works to this day. She's 10 years old. And if I give her the hand signal. Don't do it. Don't do no, it. No, I can't. I'm not, okay. not going to do it. But if I do the hand signal, she gets starts jumping around. She knows what that signal means.
4: I actually encourage pet owners to pair a hand signal with a lot of the different commands. Oh, because good. then as they get older and they might lose hearing, mm. they can still follow your instruction by knowing that hand signal. So good job, Judy. You'll be ready for her senior years. <laughs>
1: She's actually perked up her ears during this conversation because of those words that we said during it. Yes, she knows. She's a smart little cookie. Okay. That's coming up in the news in just a few minutes. Let's go to your calls right now. And line four, toll free, 1-866-405-8405. Hi, Tanya. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes, barely. Are you whispering? Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. What's going on? Okay. My um, kitten,
7: she has... Like waxy discharge in the ear, sort of burpeau. And I am holistic, so I'm glad to talk to you about it. I've been treating it with eucalyptus oil. And I read
4: the book, what? so I, what I do is pour it in the ear. What are you treating it with? I couldn't catch that. Eucalyptus oil. Hmm. Is she scratching at the ears? Is that why you were treating them? Or is it just a waxy. She's and all
7: that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's drawing. I keep her off the ground. so We don't need that. She's drawing we never makes it easier and I get It's just terrible for her.
4: Well, uh, Tanya, I'm having a little challenge hearing you, but I I think I got the uh, essence of the question here, is that you have a young kitten that's having some ear problems, and you're adding some eucalyptus oil into the ears. Now, I I have to caution you. I I have an open mind when it comes to holistic therapies and natural remedies, but I do have some cautions. And cats are definitely a species that I'm very cautious when we start using essential oils and some of the natural remedies um, there are many of these type of products which can actually be toxic. Um, they can contain things like phenol phenols that are actually uh, quite toxic and cause liver problems, neurologic problems, and a common thing, tea tree oil, which a lot of people use for open cuts and wounds on animals, can actually really be very serious and dangerous for them. So my, my first recommendation is always going to be to try to find a medical reason why we've got wax in a kitty that age, and especially if it's kind of a dark color, um, you, you described kind of a Bordeaux color, um, you know, we might be looking at things like ear mites. So the best thing I can do and suggest for your kitty is to take a cotton ball or cotton swab and we actually take a sample of that, look under the microscope and we want to see if there's any little critters running around there. There are some types of remedies that we might consider if it's more just a wax buildup that are a little bit more in the natural um, type line of things. I'm not a fan again of putting those oils in the ear though. So I'd I'd get a good swab, get a diagnosis. And if we do have something like mites, you know, there are some very sound and safe remedies that can be used, um, which are medications. Um, But I would say that we'd want to direct only based on a diagnosis for uh, a problem such as ear mites. So um, I'm gonna say put the oil down and go to see your vet and let's see if we can diagnose this kitty's ears. Thank you so much for your call, Tanya, and I hope that's of some help for you.
1: 1-866-405-8405. I can't understand her that. That was all. Charlie Brown's mother, I believe,
0: calling. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at one 405
6: 8405
0: Hi, this is Brandon McMillan on Animal Radio, and be sure to adopt
9: Try our chicken rolled food as a meal or shred it as a topper.
4: This is an Animal Radio News Update.
3: And I'm Lori Brooks. Scientists at Emory University in Atlanta have conducted one of the very first studies using brain imaging of dogs in order to figure out how they process words. Specifically process those words that they've been taught to associate with objects, like a ball but it's unclear whether the word ball or any other word for an object simply means, hey dog, pay attention, or if the dog really pictures and knows what that object is. Well, the lead researcher of this study says, we know that dogs have the capacity to process at least some aspects of human language because they can learn to follow verbal commands. But he says, previous research suggests that dogs may rely on many other cues in order to follow a verbal command. Maybe they're following your gaze or your gestures you're, do- you're doing or even emotional expressions from humans. And that my friends is why some dogs need to be told a command more than one time because the dog isn't quite able to figure out what that gesture or expression you're doing at the time means. So what the experts say they expected to see in the brain imaging was really a surprise and they say it was opposite of humans because humans typically show greater activation in their neural pathways in their brain for words that we know and recognize the more so than we do for new words so dogs though always being eager to please people and get that treat or praise they reacted more to unfamiliar words because they sense that their owner really wants them to understand it so if you're saying you know where's your ball or go get your ball the dog is like hmm okay you know i, I know what that is but if you were to say where's the lava lamp go get the lava lamp <laughs> <laughs> the dog would be hmm i i don't know what that means but i really want to understand give me another cue Hmm, Does that make sense? (laughs) So total. You can just see the gears in their head turning. You're explaining
1: Ladybug to the T.
3: Yes. Well, there's uh, some relief for those people who have service dogs and they need to travel through Oakland International Airport in California. The airport's Terminal 2 has just had its grand opening for a brand new $650,000 indoor service animal relief area. Now think of the price tag on that, $650,000. This new space is only a 100 square feet or 10 by 10. That's like redoing a bedroom, a $650,000 bedroom in most homes. But this place comes, it's totally ventilated with special ventilation. It's got a sink, poop bags, artificial turf, and a mini fire hydrant, you know, so for those dogs who like to lift their legs. Well, Dogs for Diabetics, a group that pairs medical alert dogs with insulin-dependent diabetics, assisted with this project, trying to create an area that would make traveling with service animals more enjoyable and less stressful for dogs and their handlers. And it was just a a few months ago, staff at the Sydney Aquarium in Australia noticed a brand-new romance blossoming between two male gen two penguins their names are spen and magic now the penguin pair has been spotted going for swims together and even bowing to one another that bowing by the way is a sign that they're both interested in being more than just friends now spen and magic the same sex penguin partners have taken their relationship on to the next level they are incubating a foster egg which was given to them from another nest huh. Pretty cool, huh? <laughs> but you know it's not that not there's anything that wrong rare. with that <laughs> right but at first they didn't know what would happen if they were trying to incubate an egg so they gave them a dummy egg so that they wouldn't feel left out when all of the other couples were breeding and able to produce an egg but because spending and Magic couldn't produce an egg without any surgery or anything they gave them a dummy egg and they did so well with a dummy egg that then they decided to give them a real egg
1: ah it's a new millennium it is you know everybody's fluid these days right
3: (laughs) i'm Lori brooks get more breaking animal news anytime at animalradio.com this has been an animal radio news update get more at animalradio.com 1-866-405-8405.
1: one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. I believe we have Cheryl on the phone. Yes. You are on with Dr. Debbie. Hey, Dr.
4: Debbie. Well, hi. How are you today?
8: I am good. Um, I was actually calling on behalf of my mom. Um, she has two cats, two male cats. Um, older, they have been neutered, but one has recently started spraying.
10: Okay. And I thought
8: maybe something was wrong with him. She seems to think that he's just upset that there's some construction going on around the house, and so he's doing it for attention. Okay. But I thought that maybe there's an, a problem with him. I mean, you know, he's at least six years old. They've been neutered, and you know, he just started doing
4: this. And did you say this is a boy cat or girl cat? Boy. Okay, this is a boy. All righty. And do you know the like the situation when he's doing this? Is he um spraying on walls, corners, or is he going in certain areas of the home?
8: She's never seen him done it do it, but um she said it's been on the wall in the living room and he recently has started doing it in the kitchen.
4: That's unpleasant. <laughs> and um has he's never had any kind of health problem as far as any kind of urinary infection, anything like that in his background?
8: No, he's overweight. That's it.
4: Okay. Ugh. Well, gosh, 80% of the dogs and cats in the U.S. are out overweight, so that's a, <laughs> that's a problem. Um, as far as, uh, do you know are the kitties indoors? Do they go outside at all? Indoors. Yeah. Okay. Well, some of the different situations when, when we have cats that aren't used in the box that we really got to look at is we got to get basically in the mindset of the kitty and look at it from their eyes. Sometimes it is a um, behavioral problem. They're either marking territory. They are basically communicating with other cats in their midst. So that's a possibility. And there's you know there's a possibility we could be having a medical problem. Um, commonly we see urinary infections, uh, sterile cystitis. We see stoma. Um, even things like diabetes and and kidney problems, which will cause cats to urinate excessively and they'll start to go in other areas. The one thing that you said is that if if he's urinating on walls or on corners, that's kind of more of like a spraying or marking behavior. So we'd really have to look at some of the behavioral things going on in the home. And, um, you know, if they're strictly inside, um, I always look or in, in the immediate environment, check the outside area, see if we have feral cats, neighborhood cats that are in the area which might be visiting them, uh, and they can see visually through a window. Um, in many cases, we need to really take those things into, into mind with our indoor kitties, close blinds, um, keep visual access away because... It's basically a chronic frustration for indoor cats if they see those cats or smell them through the doors. So I definitely want to look at that. Um, And the other things that we look at is the litter. Cats are just as picky about their litter as some people are their shoes. (laughs) So we need to look at the litter substrate, um, whether it's a clumping litter. Um, Some cats prefer clay litter. Um, And mixing that up and trying trying different things. Um, The other thing is that when we look at litter pans, we want to have generally one more litter pan than per cat you do in the household. So I would look to make sure we have three litter pans somewhere within the home environment. Um, Because if not, um, sometimes cats have nonverbal communication, and they will um, choose to go elsewhere uh, if they cannot get to their litter pan. Um, Another common problem I see with litter pans is we, as humans, like those little, covers that go over the top of them, but cats don't always dig them, and um, it will really drive them to go elsewhere and to to mark or to urinate el- elsewhere, so um, if you have a lot of covered litter pans, take the lid off and give that a try without that. And then certainly we want to make sure that, you know, we look at, um, you know, any, any potential health problems. So if, if your mom hasn't taken the kitty in for a urinalysis or a urine check, I, I would really make sure that we do that um, because we don't want to miss a medical problem um, and go down that behavior pathway um, and, and make sure that's dealt with if it's appropriate. Um, okay. Okay. And there are some, you know, other things. Um, Has she tried any types of remedies or any kind of medications, anything along those lines?
8: No, she thinks it's his personality. He's upset, and he's doing it (laughs) on (laughs)
4: purpose. Yeah, and, and, you know, some cats, you know they can be difficult, they can be challenging, and I was fortunate when I had kitties, I never had to deal with this, but my heart goes out to people who have to deal with cats that spray, because as much as you love your kitty, um, there's certain limits you have to have in your household. Um, So if, you know, all these other things are addressed, you know, sometimes we'll actually turn to chemical help um, or drug therapy for cats that have behavioral-related spraying. Um, And and there's some good different options out there, um, uh, things, and and I know the uh, clinic. We've had some experience with one of them um, with uh, Prozac or fluoxetine. Um, There's several different behavioral meds which we can consider for cats um, to try to help them in managing their anxiety and their spraying, Um, as well as some other types of natural things like pheromones, which we can use in the home to help kind of bring the anxiety down a little bit and hopefully help them cope with some of these inner cat-type issues. Um, so I've given you a lot to think about there. Has that been of any value for you there?
8: Oh, definitely. That gives me some ideas to pass on to her. I appreciate it.
4: Okay. And then if certainly, you know, make sure that we check that litter pan. Um, don't use ammonia in your litter pan there or in the are. areas where you're cleaning. Um, so we want to make sure, that because that actually attracts urine to those areas. So um, keep that litter box clean. Let's keep our kitties happy. And uh, good luck to you, Cheryl, and to you and your mom. Uh, let me know how things turn out for you. This is Dr. Debbie. If you've got a question for me, give me a call at Animal Radio, 1-866-405-8405.
5: Hi, everybody. This is Lori Morgan
11: reminding you to please spay or neuter your pets.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
1: Okay, Dr. Debbie has just come running into the studio looking flustered. What's going on? What, what were oh, my gosh.
4: That? Well, we had a little eye emergency here at the old vet clinic today. Oh. And I got to say, this is one that, you know, even veterinarians kind of go, ooh, when this happens.
12: <laughs> well, what happened?
4: It's bad if just, you said, ooh. Yeah, because your, your tolerance, your <laughs> yeah. ooh tolerance
1: is pretty high.
4: It's just the gross factor's high, yeah. So um, an unfortunate little young dog came in with her eye popped out of socket. Oh.
2: So, How did that happen?
4: Yeah. So it's what we call a propped toast eye. Um, propped toast is out of the globe. Um, it happened. I guess the, the pet was actually under furniture and the owners didn't know as they were moving the furniture and oh. then heard and saw the animal get out. So, but basically this can happen from, um, I've seen it with dogs that tend to like fight with each other and say a bite goes around the neck. It puts pressure to the head and the, pressure causes the eyes to pop out of the socket. We do see this more often in like, uh, you know, pugs, yeah, short bulldogs. face breeds yeah. with those big round globey yeah. eyes. That So wow. it's a little bit more common in that, but it's a bit hard to look at, um, I got to say. So,
1: yeah. so well, you just have to pop it back in? Is that what you... He-
4: well, yeah, we have to do a little releasing incision first and then put it back in and then we close it temporarily for a while because there's a lot of swelling after this has been out for some time. So um, hopefully we'll still have vision. Um, you know, it happened pretty recently, but sometimes it, you know, damages the nerves to the eye and they can't see even mm. though the eye is back in. So mm. we're crossing our fingers. Um, but yeah, it is a bit uh, gruesome when you first see it.
1: This is exactly mm. why I didn't become a veterinarian. I wanted to because I like playing with animals, you know, I figured would, what a great job that would be, but it's these occasions like that, and then of course, blood, I faint at blood so.
2: see that happened to me one time when I was pits when i was excuse me when I was babysitting. it happened to a two year old her eye came out of the socket a
4: child or yes you know, a, child? Really? a child a
2: child, yes, a human, and she turned around and looked at me, and it was like. <gasps> I think I was like 15 at the time, babysitting. You know, I just went, oh, my God. Wow. I'd never seen an eye pop out. Yeah, <laughs> i heard so much so, about you. Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, so we're going to go to the phones. Toll free, one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. 405 8405 Coming up in just a few minutes, Paul Rogers, a singer from Bad Company and Free. Hey, Jermaine.
13: Hey, how are you guys? Good. How are you doing Super. today? Well, I'm well. I have a question regarding... Um, domesticated and wild cats are they able to mate
4: are they able biology
13: wise able to mate? well i you know okay are they able to mate and produce a litter
4: it is it is conceivable now when you're talking about wild cats are you talking about things like lynxes or bobcats things like that yes it is certainly possible however i kind of would term that a de- dangerous liaison, if I could, um, because your average uh, wild cat and domestic cat, if they meet up, it's not going to be a good outcome for the domestic cat, unless we're dealing with you know human intervention or cats that have been kind of raised in uh, different environments uh, where they're used to human handling. But yeah, it is, it's certainly possible, and there are a lot of breeds out there that are actually new exotic cat breeds, where they kind of breed a... Uh, semi wild uh, cat into that of a domestic short hair, so it is possible. Why do you ask? I gotta ask.
13: Well, I had um, I had a a cat show up on my on my deck, and uh, at first I thought it was a a wild thing, um, uh-huh. and uh, he has a bob tail, but then oh. I discovered he's neutered,
10: <laughs> and
13: uh, he's declawed as well. He's okay. Huge. He is huge. And uh-huh. uh, he's got this bobtail, he has no tufts, he's got like rabbit fur and a black stripe down his spine.
4: Uh huh. Sure,
1: uh-huh. he's not a skunk. Oh, I guess that would be a white Yeah, really. White skunk.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as far as you know, the skunks and the cats don't breed, uh-huh. uh, yeah. <laughs> thankfully. I was just curious, because of his size
13: and his coat, that, mm-hmm. you know, he just looks semi-wild.
4: Sure. And, you know, a lot of these uh, hybrid breeds, um, that's, you know, some of the look they're going for is something that looks and retains the look of the wild cat and has the size and the, you know, cuteness of the house cat. So I'm not a huge fan of hybrid cats. Um, now equally we see some very huge domestic cats out there um, you know just in the Maine Coons as well as the Norwegian Mountain Cats both of those breeds of cat can get around 25 pounds so they can be a pretty sizable kitty um, and just be a regular old domestic house cat so um, I'd be curious to know though um, and even if you could catch a picture of this kitty i'd love to take a look because there are some breeds like the pixie bob which is basically a bobcat mixed with a domestic short ha- short hair and uh, they kind of have a little bit of a bobcat kind of look about them and they're kind of interesting so yeah if you get a picture i'd, yeah, love, to I'd see. love to see
1: that too but...
13: yeah he's pretty we'll be going to the vet in a week and a half and i'm kind of curious to see i mean he just showed up he he's moved in um you know I mean he's extremely domesticated and
10: uh,
13: greatly enjoys being in the house so
4: huh. uh, well and have to say if he is you know a hybrid breed um, one of the first things I'd say is I'd check him for a microchip because some of the hybrid breeds could go up to five ten fifteen thousand dollars so they are not a cheap pet and if someone lost them they would be looking very dearly for them right
13: so. right and, well he's been living with me for about two months I didn't expect him to Day and now I feel, you no, know, responsible for his care. But we will—we'll hunt for Chip, and uh, we'll find out exactly what he is. And I
1: will try to get a photograph of him for y'all. That would be great. We'd love to see it. Thanks so much for your call today, Jermaine. You're way, welcome. Anybody that wants to email us with pictures or questions, your voice at animalradio.com.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1 866 405
12: 8405. Hi, this is Dean Coombs on Animal Radio. Please stay and neuter your pet
14: here is today's top automotive news story i'm nick miles the 2020 mazda 6 is on sale now with a starting price of msrp $24,000. a new key fob and signature badge are amongst some of the styling cues for mazda's next generation design it features either a sky active g 2.5 liter engine delivering 187 horsepower or a sky active engine that will produce up to 250 horsepower to find your new mazda 6 check out our reviews at ourautoexpert.com autoexpert.com o'reilly
0: auto parts for all of your car care needs we're close convenient and known for our guaranteed everyday low prices and excellent customer service for professional parts people you can trust stop by your local o'reilly auto parts today o'reilly auto parts better parts better prices every day celebrating the connection with our pets this is animal radio featuring veterinarian dr debbie white groomer joey Valani, news director Lori brooks and now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal
1: Abrams and Judy Francis. Mm, we love featuring celebrities that love their animals. And we've had a lot of those on. In fact, over a thousand in the last 18 years. And we add to that list today with Paul Rogers, a singer from Bad Company and Free. You know, feel like making love. do dee 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 No? All you don't remember? right. Don't? Now. now.
4: <laughs> Okay, guys, stick to the day job, please.
1: (laughs) You know what? I won't even try. Yeah, don't even even go there. Thanks. Paul Rogers, uh, from Bad Company fame and free fame, is rescuing animals. And I understand a lot of animals. So we're going to find out what that's all about. And of course, I believe his wife is helping him with this. Mm -hmm. As you mentioned earlier, Lori, uh, if you... If you're rescuing animals, there's usually someone else there helping you with that. Usually your spouse or your. Yeah. Because it's not an easy job. That's for sure. No,
3: it's not. You know, and more more, and more often, I realize um, we'll get a new foster. And, you know, there are some people who just don't make it through the beginning phase of fostering because everybody thinks it's going to be easy. Mm-mm. But there's really no difference between getting a new foster or getting a new dog uh, or a new cat. Those first few weeks are just as stressful for the new animal and for the human being. But it takes much longer. And the more I do it, the more I'm thinking, you know, these businesses that are offering people a week of paternity leave to get their new pets acclimated, that's really the right thing because my latest foster has really taken me about three, three to four weeks, I would say, to, to get him acclimated into the pack. And now he's doing wonderful. How do you
1: distance yourself from a foster knowing that you're, you're eventually going to, to uh, hopefully find a home for that animal?
3: I usually do but this one I'm not so sure.
1: Yeah. How many times have you been yeah. a foster failure? How many how many times have Ma- you
3: Many times. Many Too many, many to count. times. And and many times when um animals were unwanted by other people to adopt, they just, you know, maybe they had a handicap or a disability or were chronically ill. So uh, I mean, those needy animals are the ones that, that I really love. And and this dog is a special needs dog. So
1: what about okay. you, Dr. Debbie? Did you get your dogs from uh, the clinic? Were they animals that were unwanted or? Uh, yeah,
4: we we get them all the time. And um, boss is actually, the funny thing is boss came into my husband's office and we were looking at a, believe it or not, a purebred dog at the time and um, very hard to come by. Breed I couldn't find. And my husband said, this you know, little dog came in and, you know he's not what you're looking for but i said well i'll bring him home we'll take a look (laughs) (laughs) and then the funny thing is then like just a month or so afterwards then my at my office we had a stray come in and it is now my in-laws (laughs) dog. so we kind of just you know they, they come around all the time so
1: and they find us one way or another they find us They do.
4: I do believe that people that are into animals in in the rescue sense, we give off a vibe and (laughs) and animals pick up on this. Because as a kid, I think I had five dogs kind of wander into my life that I found homes for when I was under the age of like 15. And it just, I mean, there's just something that they know. They pick up on it.
1: Okay. We're going to find out what Paul Rogers and his wife's deal is and what kind of animals they're rescuing. It's great to see a rock star, you know, somebody who really doesn't need to do this kind of stuff is doing this kind of stuff so that's on the way lori what are you working on
3: well a chronic pain mm-hmm. sufferers they often end up at pain clinics with an opioid prescription we've all heard this story before mm-hmm. but now um, researchers are looking into how pets and specifically dogs are helping these people
1: okay that's on the way uh, we have chuck on the phone hey chuck how are you
7: okay Get yourself.
1: Very good. Where where are
7: you? I just left Chicago. Are you a trucker? Yes, I am. Okay,
1: what's going on with your animals?
7: Okay, i got a, a dog that's six years old, half red-boned hound and half pit bull mastiff. And it's uh, the first time he's been on a truck with me in six years, and uh, he's got a discharge from his penis. It's uh, a bright yellow discharge. It gets all over everything. It's hard to clean up. I don't know if it's normal or do I need to take him to a vet? Uh, give me an idea what's going
4: on, maybe? Sure. Now, um, you mentioned he's about six years of age. Is he neutered? No, he's not. Okay. Because um, when we're talking yellow stuff coming out of the penis in dogs, um, some degree of smegma is always normal in small amounts. And we're going to see more of that if a dog is not neutered. So this is kind of one of those. Kind of, kind of unsavory reasons why we might say let's go ahead and neuter because we know that we can decrease that amount um, in an unneutered from an unneutered dog to a neutered dog. Um, now the question is, is it an infection? It's hard to say, but um, because we know an intact male dog is going to have a certain degree of this stuff, it's just kind of an icky goo that kind of is going to always be around. Um, you can't get rid of it unless we neuter them. Now, if it is an infection, I might expect to see some other signs going on. Maybe he's licking himself excessively, urinating a lot, um, having difficulty holding his urine. Those might be signs we have an infection, and, and a good trip to the vet might help to rule that possibility out. Um, But otherwise, I can tell you, when I had an intact male dog everywhere he went, you'd see, like, these little glowing green spots that kind of landed on all the furniture in the house and on the carpets. Um, So that may just be a a matter of fact for having a neutered boy there. All right. That's what I needed to know. I guess
1: I'll I'll take a trip and and get him chopped off there. Ow, that just hurt just thinking about it there. <laughs>
4: just oh. chop those
10: off. one 405
1: 8405 to connect with any one of the Dream Team anywhere. Oh. Hey, Cheryl, how are you doing?
10: I'm doing great. How are you today?
1: Good. I have Dr. Debbie here. What's going on?
10: Hi. I have a toy poodle. She's eight years old, and when she gets really excited, she starts, like, coughing or whatever, choking, kind of a <laughs> kind of sound. And okay. lately, she's been doing it more and more. Like when she gets excited, um, she'll just keep coughing and choking. And I don't know if something's wrong or as they get older, do they continue to do that. And sometimes, mm-hmm. even at night, it's almost like she's snoring or something. She's like okay. <clears throat> while she's sleeping. So okay. is something wrong or is that normal for toy poodles?
4: Well, it kind of depends. There's um, there's a little distinction in this sound that we're going to have to see if we can make. And this going to be a little challenging on radio because, you know, you can't see me and I can't see you. Um, now, this sound that she's doing, it, does it sound like she's about to cough up a hairball? or yes, does Yes, it...
10: actually, when she does it, she has to kind of like choke and like like she's dry heaving, you know, like okay. she's going to throw up, but nothing comes out. And then okay. she's okay for a few minutes, and then she gets excited again and starts doing it again. That's okay. how she yeah. stops doing it, is after she does that,
7: like, dry heave.
4: Okay. Because the, the questions I'd have is whether we're making a sound kind of like a, <laughs> like we're trying to cough something up, or if we have more like what we call the reverse sneezing sound, which is really cool. It freaks a lot of people out, and I get many emergency call about it. It's kind of more of a, a vibrational sound. It looks like an asthma attack, kind of like a... <laughs>
10: Yes, like a
4: creepy cough almost. Oh, that the second thing I mentioned is not really a cough so much as it sounds like they're trying to blow something in through their nostrils. Or uh, so it's not really a cough. Cough is on the exhale. This other sound, reverse sneezing, is on the inhale. So it kind of looks. <clears throat> like they're really stiff, sticking their neck out, and they're uh, vibrational, um, so it's not really a cough. After a reverse sneeze, there's not really a gag or any kind of retching. It just kind of happens, and then it passes after a few minutes. So I guess I'm still not clear which situation your baby might be in, but I would say.
10: She does that retching thing afterwards.
4: She does. Okay. So I'm going to call your situation more of a kind of a cough with kind of a gag or a wretch. So in that situation, in a toy breed dog... It, it isn't unusual, but I'm not going to call it normal. Um, the difference is because um, there are some small breed dogs that have problems with their trachea, where they have kind of a weak spot in their trachea and it collapses, and it can easily lead to a coughing bout in these guys. Um, so that is a possibility. Now, the other things that we look at, bronchitis, heart disease, are, are also very common in poodles. So um, my best re- recommendation and the best way that I can help figure that out is to get an x-ray to see if we've got concerns with heart size or with this collapsing trachea which many times we'll see it on an x-ray and it just looks like a straw flattened out when they're sucking in air it just collapses and they really can't get a good breath of air uh, and that causes a, a coughing response as well as other things with time so that would be my first recommendation um definitely before i would recommend um you know any kind of medications um although the other thing we'll talk about is weight and if we have any problem with excessive weight respiratory problems in general can benefit greatly if we get slimmed down into into a good healthy weight Um, yeah she's only like nine
10: pounds so
4: she's not i don't think she's overweight no, sounds like she's quite petite, and that's exactly how those little gals are supposed to be. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I'd say for peace of mind, I would definitely, you know, call your veterinarian. I, I'd get a chest x-ray. That would be the, the simplest thing, and, um, you know, maybe nothing's going on. Maybe we need to see, see about treating some airway disease, and uh, collapsing trachea is, in many cases, not serious, but in some cases it can lead to a very severe respiratory uh, emergency. So it's better to know your information ahead of time.
10: Okay, just try to keep her calm until I get her in there then.
4: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, if she's nice and pink, she's not showing any uh, problems, uh, you know, recovering after these episodes, then, um, you know, certainly uh, that kind of helps you gauge how fast you need to get into the vet. Um, But, yeah, I'd say as soon as possible. I I would uh, just recommend it for the peace of mind.
10: Okay, I'll do that. I'll I'll make an appointment and get her in for a chest x-ray then. Best wishes with you, Cheryl, and, and give your
4: good baby a little pat on the head for us. Okay, this is Dr. I will. Debbie. so much. Okay, All bye right, bye. thanks for your call.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405.
1: This healthy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats. It's always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. You could learn more at redbarninc.com. And thank you, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio.
14: Hey, this is Sean Hayes on Animal Radio. Remember to spay and neuter your pets.
1: Yeah, puppy pads are convenient, but sometimes they're really gross. That's why the Animal Radio Studio Stunt Dog Ladybug uses the Brilliant Pad Self-Cleaning Puppy Pad. We love how it handles number one and number two. It seals away the waste and replaces dirty pads for us. Brilliant Pad keeps our home clean and smelling fresh. All we do is replace the roll once every few weeks, and the process is fast and clean. In fact, Ladybug gives it five paws up. Learn more about it at BrilliantPad.com.
7: Hi, this is Betty White. All us animal lovers
13: love Animal Radio. Please help every way you can to make life better for our animals, like the Morris Animal Foundation does.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at
1: 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. And if you're driving around taking care of errands today, you have questions about your animal's And you don't have time to call in right now with those questions. That's okay. You can download the free Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry and ask your questions whenever your heart desires. Plus, you'll get all those recall notices, notifications. If there's any kind of recall and any kind of food, we'll send you a notification right to your phone so that you know immediately. So it's a great app to download. Download it now. And if you haven't had a chance to visit the website lately, lots of fun stuff over there including animal radio highlights. So if you can't handle all of the fat in between the meat, we just have the meat over there. Is that? I don't think I should say that on an on an animal show perhaps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um... <laughs> Uh, it's good stuff over there. It's it's bite-sized vegan bits of animal radio okay, over there. That's Does that okay. work? Yes, that'll Does work. It? Just stop. <laughs> 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 Lori, what are you working on for this hour?
3: Well, there's a major U.S. city that has just issued an alert for a dreaded animal disease. That oh. You really need to know about, yeah.
1: Okay, that's on the way. Uh, oh, They're all lit up. Let's just go to all of them at once. And we can't do that? No. You have to one at a time. Okay. Is it uh, Susan? Hey, Susan.
6: Hi, how are you?
1: Good. Where are you today?
6: We are in Catawissa, Pennsylvania.
1: Wow. I don't think I've ever heard of that before. Which side of Pennsylvania?
6: Um, It's like Central Mountains.
1: Okay. Are you listening on XM or uh, WEEU? WEEU. Good station. Love those guys.
6: Great station. How can we help you? (laughs) Um, I actually have a question. I have a six-year-old cat that um, suffered a stroke two weeks ago and um, took her into the vet, and they ran all the tests. And um, my concern is we have other cats in the house, and we've been applying feline advantage for fleas Mm -hmm. on the other cats. Um, We know the dose that she took wasn't what caused the stroke. That's what my vet's telling me. But my concern is on the 21st of this month, I need to retreat my cats. And I mm-hmm. didn't know what to do with her.
4: Okay. And is she currently in good health, recovered from things, or is she still kind of on the mend right now?
6: Actually, she is in pretty good health, I think. I mean, she, okay. you know, other than, par- well, just partial paralyzation on her left side.
4: Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Not not terribly common in kitties, unless we're dealing with something more of a, was there any kind of neurologic injury?
6: No, we went through all that. Nothing toxic, nothing. Mm. The only thing I could think of was the flea product and my vet said, no, it's been too long. That would have happened within the first two days.
4: Okay. You know, I'd say... You know, it's not likely, but anything that might have been timed around the time when she fell ill, I'm just kind of a superstitious kind of person. So okay. I would probably agree with you, as I, I wouldn't be a fan of using anything medicine wise, which was preceding this event. So that being said, um, you know, what else can we do for flea control? And there's a lot of other ways we can go at things, um, various different topical products. Okay. If we're afraid of that kind of class of uh, flea control, there are some different ones that we can try in an oral form. And, you know, just like any other medicine, human or veterinary, there's always potential side effects, so I won't lie to you and say that one's going to be less of a problem or less likely to cause a problem for your individual kitty, but there may be different ways we can go at this, and and some of the oral ones that work very effectively in cats, there's one uh, called uh, Capstar, uh, which is a very quick kill, and uh, it's in a tablet form, so that would be maybe a possibility of something to look at um, as an alternative, Um, but otherwise, if you had to take a break for a month on your flea control for this individual individual baby, you know, I don't know that I would say that you're going to lose total control of the flea uh, household there. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, I, and I think I'd probably look at her as an individual as a little bit special needs right now.
6: Absolutely. And I just don't want, um, you know, my whole thing was I was just going to confine her in a room for two days after I did the other cats. We have 34 cats.
4: Oh, yeah. Holy moly. <laughs>
6: yes. Yeah, so I just wanted to put her in a room for two days and not have, have her around them and I was kind of hoping that maybe I could do something um, in a more holistic way for her, where the flea, mm-hmm. she would be the most susceptible to them, I think, because her health is not 100% right now. Now, I could be yeah, and- wrong on that, but...
4: And I'd say that the most natural thing you can do is actually to sit down with a flea comb and remove them individually. Um, so if there are actually adult fleas on her, and that's a lot of times what we'll do when we have young pups and kittens where they're just not old enough for a lot of the different products. And it's definitely one of the, the ways that we can kind of at least physically help to eliminate their parasite burden. Um, so that would be, that would definitely be a consideration that, that I would look at. And I got to ask you, how in the heck do you corral 34 cats to do any kind of medical treatment on them at one time?
6: Um, you do a couple at a time is really how it goes. They're all what society would call throwaways. Um, it's sad we live rural, and they just drop them off, sometimes in carriers, and leave them. It's beyond belief. But we do it, you know, a couple at a time, the day that they, they all get treated on the same day, and it's just making a list of all their names and checking them off.
1: Wow. So wow. Sure
6: wow. you're okay. What a job double dose anybody
1: so. another good guardian you sound like can i send you some world's best cat litter that would be awesome i'm gonna do that hold on for one second susan right, you. 1-866-405-8405
0: you're listening to animal radio call the dream team now at 1-866-405-8405 <laughs>
1: Hey, don't forget, you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Pets. Taking the pet out of petrified. Visit them at
9: fearfreehappyhomes.com.
4: This is an Animal Radio News Update.
3: I'm Laurie Brooks. Well, leave the dogs in the bedroom if you have chronic pain. New research out of Canada suggests sleeping with or near pets that that it can improve sleep for people who suffer from long-term chronic pain. As part of a larger University of Calgary study on the impact of dog ownership for people with chronic pain, the University of Alberta joined it and looked specifically at the impact of dogs on the quality of their patient's sleep. What they found was pain and sleep are very closely related in the neural pathways of the brain. And those who are sleep deprived, like people with pain, also experience pain more intensely. But... Dogs can help because they offer several positive benefits, according to these researchers. Those benefits being enforcing a routine for the people with chronic pain, getting some outdoor activity and movement, and providing companionship. The lead researcher on the sleep portion of this study says most people will remove animals from the bedroom so that there's less distractions and maybe more sleep. But he says... That is not really sophisticated advice and doesn't take into consideration the context of people's lives these days and how important pets have become in our lives. Well, this is why pets should have rabies shots. All right, health officials in Florida have issued a 60-day alert there to be on the lookout around Miami-Dade County for rabies or Animals with rabies after a second cat tested positive for rabies just last month. They had issued an earlier alert after the discovery of the first rabid stray cat in North Miami Beach. And because of these cases, one person is receiving rabies treatment now after trying to deal with an unvaccinated stray cat, and another person is being checked. Following a cat scratch and six rabid raccoons, if you didn't hear, were also found on Miami Zoo property over the summertime. Finally, social media platform Snapchat has been pretty much hemorrhaging as many as 3 million daily users in the last three months. So now they need more bodies. They want your pet and specifically your cat. Snapchat filters can now recognize your cat, but cats aren't the first pets that Snapchat filters can recognize. Last year, the company introduced object recognition, which recognizes food and sports equipment and even certain dog breeds. And now the company is finally giving cats their due. Probably about time because cats are the Internet, right? You bet. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com.
4: This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com.
9: That
1: is the voice of our next guest. He has over 30 albums, and he sold over 125 million records, which is about 125 million more than I ever sold, (laughs) if I ever put out an album. But I certainly grew up to this guy. Paul Rogers is joining us. Hi, Paul. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you? Very good. I understand your wife is also there?
11: Absolutely. You know, we sold all of those albums from the back of our van.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is uh, Cynthia, right? Yes. Well, how are you folks doing today? Set the scene. Where are you right now? What do you see?
12: Well, we're in the Okanagan, overlooking the Okanagan Lake. It's a beautiful uh, it's a beautiful autumnal day, or you call it fall here. It's sunny. It's sunny and crisp. And, and
11: we just had a herd of deer come through our yard, about 12 deer.
12: The air is liquid gold. <laughs> yeah, we Chipmunks did. are running yeah. in the
11: yard. The cats are inside. A good thing to keep the chipmunks separate from the cats.
12: Well, tell us
1: first about your indoor animals, and then we'll talk about the outdoor animals.
12: Well, that's really um, Cynthia's department. We have six cats to tell, sweetie. Wow. Actually, yeah,
11: yeah. Well, we've had many, many more. We, yeah. we do rescues. They're all rescues. We we don't go to breeders for cats, and um, they all have their, their various stories. We even have um, one, uh, two from Mexico still. We did a, a number of rescues out of Mexico. We went down, and there was a... Uh, just horrific things going on with cats and dogs down there. So we stepped on it and stepped up and brought a whole bunch back and uh, it, well, I was meeting people at Vancouver International Airport, Paul and I yeah, and <laughs> passing off cats. I'd International
12: matched. cat runners yes. aren't we? <laughs> cat is not
2: wait? Is that legal?
12: <laughs> yeah. 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 Actually it is, funnily enough. yeah.
11: And so I remember us going through LAX at one point and we had um, Paul was pushing the bag, no I was pushing the baggage, we only had two bags and then he and between us we had nine cats and ca- cat carriers so they were stacked up like the leaning tower of pisa yeah. going through customs in la coming up from <laughs> mexico so um yeah it's it's been interesting and everywhere we go we tend to run into animals that need feeding or watering or veterinarian care and yeah
12: we've we have fed cats uh, in faraway places in in tokyo in japan yeah. on the on the queen tour now where was that in portugal o- portugal yeah. yeah um cats and birds and dogs. dogs we rescued a dog in memphis which That's right. our producer took home and loves to bits her name
11: is memphis grace
12: memphis grace yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah
11: so it, it it's so strange because when we were in portugal we were going out for dinner it was a queen and paul rogers group and all of a sudden we're walking along and everyone's all togged out and this
12: Swift. for dinner yes you mean? yes okay this swift this <laughs>
11: bird Falls from the sky and lands right in front of me, and everyone, Brian and Roger and Serena and Anita, N- they all just went it figures, <laughs> it would not land in front of anyone else other than Cynthia and Paul. There we yeah. go, so we took the bird to the restaurant with us, and I kept it on you know my lap and yeah. oh, <laughs> oh
1: wow. Yeah. 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 So the house is full of cats. Do, you, yeah. do, they, uh, do they get free roam? Do they sleep in the bed with you at night? Cause that... No, I'm allergic. Oh, wow. So, how, do you, yeah. how do you work that whole thing out?
11: Well, I, I get my breathe time when we're on the road and at night because they, they don't come into our bedroom. Um, but, and because they're not herd animals, they're not designed to be together. So we have, you know, two living upstairs. One now, her sister's just passed. She's downstairs. Two in another room, and then two in another area. So they all have outdoor areas that are enclosed, so they can go out and get sunshine and that. But you know, one of our old girls, she just lays on in the windowsill now and gets lets the sun warm her old bones.
12: And we have a couple of young ones, Addie and Paddy. That really, <laughs> um, we we were only fostering, and we took you know. And and Addie looks. Uh, that's short for adventurer. Adventurer, yeah. And she looks into your eyes, and she looks deep into your soul, and we're like, oh no, you got to <laughs> stay. So she stayed.
11: Well, yeah. it was funny because Paul said to me, he said, "We're we're we're keeping. Are we? We're keeping that one, right? The furry one." And I went, <laughs> why, "Why? Why? I I don't know. Why do you ask?" He goes, "Because well, she she just she just looked deep into my soul." And I said, "I know, I know. She does, doesn't she?" And he said, "Yes." Yeah. And I went. Yep, we're keeping the two of them.
5: Your yeah.
2: foster failures. we big time <laughs> foster failures.
11: Listen, at one point, Paul said to me, "I was feeding in the kitchen. Mm. They were all living, you know, communal communally." And uh, right. he said, "How many cats do we have?" I, I went, 12. Mm, and he yeah. went, okay, I just counted 15. And I went, oh, but, that, but we're not keeping those. Those, <laughs> those I'm going to get home, you know, blah, 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 blah.
12: Yeah, and,
11: yeah. Um, yeah. You only
12: really saw them all together at feeding time. <laughs> you know, they were all over the house. So he wasn't really, in, he didn't notice that much. And then when feeding time came, whoa. Because
11: yeah. I, I, I call 6 o'clock. I would just go 6 o'clock, and they'd all come running up from the various enclosures and that into the, the kitchen area. And yeah. Paul just went, oh, well, that's a lot of furridge." Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
9: But, yeah,
1: Paul. I got to ask, when when you first realized that your wife
12: uh,
1: is going to be rescuing lots of animals, what did you think?
12: Well, I was a bit shocked when uh, we we'd been staying together for a little while, and she came home from where was it? You flew from with the the three? Oh, from here. Uh, back to
11: Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. Did we call them the Kiss? No, no, no. That was a, another rescue group. Oh, that's a different one. Anyway, she
12: turned up with these.
11: Three kittens. Three
12: kittens, yeah. yeah. And uh, I felt, well, I suspected a little bit there. <laughs> but I like it. It's fine, you know. <laughs> uh,
1: who am I to judge, really? I mean, I should be the last person to call anyone a cataholic. Or, yes, that's or call true. Call anyone out yeah. on that.
11: How many do you have?
1: Uh, you know what? I stopped keeping track, really.
11: Oh, boy.
1: That's wow. not that's, that's not true. That's, yeah. not, that's not true. I had a lot, and I've... Uh,
2: we had five, yes. but they've they've. We have one left now. Yeah, they've slowly passed away. They were getting yeah. elderly. Yeah, yeah. So. It's
12: sad that we we way outlive our pets, don't I we? Know. We had to say goodbye to our Sachs and he was a our dog, he was a yeah. rescue a dog. Yeah, it's not easy.
1: And when oh, you tell people no. about it, some people they don't even you know they laugh at you like you know.
11: Oh no. <laughs> There's that connection, that, that heart and soul connection to animals. And it was interesting because my, my niece came over one day and she said, Auntie, you know, you should really set up like a sanctuary. And I went, have you not looked around you? Like, have you not seen that, you know, in one area of the house, the furniture is covered in plastic with white sheets over it? You, you didn't notice that? She went, oh, you're right. She goes, no, but like, I mean, with a name and all that. And I said, it does have a name. She goes, well, what's it called? And I said, all right, Meow.
9: All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, meow. meow. Baby, it's all right. Meow. <laughs> you
2: said I must write yeah. a song right. yeah. <laughs> Yes, you need to write a song. Yeah,
12: I do. I do. I'll get right on it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I understand that you visited some uh, wild animal sanctuaries, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. We are with Paul Rogers and his wife, Cynthia, and it is Animal Radio. Stick around. This is
14: Animal Radio. Here is today's top automotive news story. I'm Nick Miles. The Chrysler Voyager returns for the 2020 model year as a low-priced version of the Pacifica. It will replace the Pacifica L and LX models and will be offered in three trim levels, L, LX and LXI. The LXI will only be sold to fleet customers. The Voyager comes with a standard 3.5-inch digital information display and offers the Uconnect 4 system, a 7-inch touchscreen and standard Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. To find your new Chrysler, go to AutoExpert.com.
0: Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all of your car care needs. We're close, convenient, and known for our guaranteed everyday low prices and excellent customer service. For professional parts people you can trust, stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
1: We are with musician and artist Paul Rogers and his wife, Cynthia. And I'm just learning that Paul and Cynthia are rescuing animals like nobody's business. So what's this Aspen Valley Wildlife Sanctuary? Where is it and what is your involvement with it?
12: Well, it's in the Muskoka's. When we finished the Free Spirit Tour, we, uh, we couldn't come home here because it be, the place was on fire. It was so much smoke in, the, in B.C., and we, we, they couldn't breathe here, so we, sit, we went to the Muskoka's for nine days, and we rented a little place um, on the lake there, and... Um, we went, um, five years ago was our first visit yeah. to
11: Lake Rosso, which is where the wildlife uh, Aspen Wildlife Center is, and they do great work there. In fact, there was a story that received international attention, um, where three bear cubs were found in a washroom in our national park in Alberta, about national park. And someone, I think, had killed the sow, the mother, and put the babies there, or someone had found the babies and put them in the loo, knowing that the warden would find them. And they were less than uh, three pounds each when they were found, tiny wow. little beings. And in the province of Alberta at that point, you they would not they rehabilitate any orphaned wildlife they would euthanize so the warden i guess took it upon himself to contact aspen and aspen and WestJet stepped up our, our local airline here and um they flew the animals out to aspen and they basically nurtured them for a year. You need to the first year of a bear's life; it cannot be released to the wild because the mother would be with it, instructing it how to, you know, hibernate, how to fuel up, all of that. Mm-hmm. And without that um, that first year, they will not survive. It's impossible. So they spent they spent one winter with them, coaching them. They actually wore costumes that smelled of bear. Wow. Don't, don't ask me how they did that, but they, and they wore masks and all of that. So they would go in, and then these babies got larger and larger and got to the point where they were trying to climb up them when they were 40 pounds. And, you know, the people who were doing the feeding were like, yeah, well, no, that can't do that. So they did it really well, and they released them in Janu- July of this year, and so they've had their year, and they've got tracking devices on them, and they're all doing well. And the best part of all is...
12: Well, they they have a kill policy. They will not release them. They, they euthanize them. But now they've changed that ruling. In
11: Alberta, yeah. Because
12: they've proven it can be done. They can be reared and then put back into the wild, which is a beautiful thing.
11: Yep. So they brought them right back to Banff National Park and released yeah. them. So I'm actually going to work on a story about the three bears because it's a different three bears story than the one that we all know.
10: Uh-huh.
11: Mm-hmm. But they have every every type of animal there. They have a moose named Ella who's lovely. Um, it seems that her mother had three calves, which is generally they have two. Yeah, the deer are the same. Yeah. And, um, but this one had three, which she couldn't nurse, so she left one. She abandoned one. And a family found this young moose, so they took it in and didn't know the right combination of protein, how much protein it needed, so fed it what they thought would work. And the deer, as it became more uh, lively, was jumping and broke its hind leg. So they called Aspen and said, look, we've done this. We know we're not supposed to keep wildlife, but now we're really in a pickle here. So Aspen took Ella, and they had to cast her leg. And, um, and then as a result, her front legs are now fairly weak, so she can't be released back to the wild. It would be cruel. So um,
12: she's the resident moose. And and, yeah. the, and the keeper, he speaks. Yes. Uh, what was it? Um, his name he, is he, howard he's a biologist yeah, yeah. he speaks moose he <laughs> yeah. because he went. He said just stay there for a minute and he went into this ca- uh, enclosure you know and um he sort of made these sounds like hoo, hoo, hoo. Oh, yeah. oh that's a hoo, monkey sorry no. <laughs> 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 like
11: this yeah. And, yeah.
12: and we and there was an answering response yeah. and then the 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 trees parted in this enormous prehistoric <laughs> looking creature Well, it was a baby still but it was big for mm-hmm. to us, right? And it came came sloping out of the bushes. It was just beautiful. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she and, came right to the fence, and I fed her a banana. And, and it, uh, it
11: was interesting because um, Howard gave her a banana and gave her the whole banana, and she ate it. And then when Paul was feeding her, she looked at him, and her eyes just said, "Can you just hold it for me?" Yeah. And he said,
12: "Yeah, because they I'm, don't have a uh, top teeth or bottom teeth. They don't have. They don't have what?
11: They, they don't, don't have, have bottom, bottom teeth.
12: teeth. They yeah." Oh. Uh, well. They tear foliage from and that's how they eat and they sort of just do, do it like that so if you if you can hold the banana which I did she was able to tear at it with the top teeth you yeah. see and get get you know get yeah, it down it
11: was very sweet
12: yeah but very very interesting looking I actually
11: kissed her on the nose she had this velvety nose and
12: uh, it was right. interesting to see a baby, and she was such a baby in their eyes and everything. But she was enormous—about <laughs> two hundred pounds. Yeah, wow, <laughs> two
11: hundred pounds a baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're we're patrons of a of an animal sanctuary in Aberdeen, Scotland, Willows, and that really has our heart. And we've been supporting them for probably about seven years now, and they do a lot of good work. And they're in a very repressed area of Scotland. So we often do fundraisers for them and hold online auctions and have kept them going, you know, for the, definitely for the last three years by heavily funding them and shaming our friends into making donations as well. <laughs> you don't have to be in our pet book. However, if you'd like to make a hefty donation, that would be welcome. Okay, I'll be in your pet book. <laughs> or, okay, I'll send them $30,000. Great.
2: yeah
1: (laughs) well your genuine passion just vibrates through the phone
2: brings a smile to our face it really
1: does it's great and uh, so I do want to give out the website of the Aspen Sanctuary the Aspen Valley Wildlife Sanctuary which is aspenvalley.ca and of course we'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.pet I appreciate you folks taking time to visit with us Thanks, guys. Thank you. Well, our time has come to an end, at least just for this week. Remember, if you need your fix, head on over to the website at animalradio.pet or download the free Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and Blackberry, and then you get your fix whenever you need it. Have a great week.
2: Bye-bye. Bye.
1: This
9: is Animal Radio
8: Network.